0: Hello everybody, welcome to Optional Opinion here on the Anomalous Radio Network. I am your host, ADV. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great show for you all. Um, this is the first, actually, that I'm doing this one, so um, I definitely would love your guys' feedback um, when you, after you guys hear it. And I'll give you that information. Um, I want to actually thank uh, Simon's Cake um, and um, the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce for... Having me on their shows and coming on my shows with, uh, you know, with our episodes. If you guys haven't checked it out, I am on Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. So do check that out on SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play and um, thank you again to Simon's Cake for coming on my podcast talking about game libraries Um, you can check that out that was the last uh, latest episode Um, do check that out give those guys feedback also on their podcast after you give it a listen they really do appreciate it and I really do appreciate them coming on the show and talking uh, about a game library Um, but for this episode I'm actually going to be dedicating it all to one particular company that not many talk about um, not many games that i've brought but i have definitely played and it's kind of weird that um that a lot of people don't talk about this company um today's episode is going to be dedicated to Jalico. and um before we get into um some of their games and everything uh, we're going to actually talk about give a little back uh history um it was founded in Founded on October 3rd, 1974, and the name at that time was Japan Leisure Company LTD. So the Jalico kind of comes from um, the JA in Japan, LE from Leisure, and then Company. Um, they just uh, put it down to uh, Jalico uh, a little bit later on. And uh, they were at first a manufacturer of amusement park equipment. Uh, when it came to nineteen eighty two they started developing and manufacturing arcade games. So that's around that time that's when people started noticing uh who Jellicoe was. And they always had the sign when it came to Jellico, um, it used to be like a circle, like a blue figure, and then three kind of squiggly lines um, all together. Um, it's like it's separate, and you could kind of still see the the picture of it. Um, I do remember playing some of their games in the arcade, but like they they kind of made like weird Japanese games, um, and they were always cheap. They were like the twenty five cent uh, or depending on if you played was playing recorders or tokens um they they were kind of cheap and but there was always interesting and challenging games um some of them really were um games that you was based on high scores so it wasn't too much that you had to do um but uh, i remember playing some of their games in arcade and definitely uh playing a lot of their games on the nintendo when they came out um this company, I will say they're they're not in business, but uh, you can still check out some of their games if you uh, want to look at, look at them at uh, YouTube or uh, if you go to an arcade that has them, you could uh, check them out there. In like not. That not emulate, I should say, on the computer if you can. Um, 1983. Um, that's when they changed their name to Jalico. Um, they focused more on the arcade, NES, and other computer and consoles between the 80s and 90s. Um, their USR or Jalico at the time, Jalico USA, was based near Chicago in the town Wheeling, Illinois. And I have to say this: I, I did, I did not know that. Um, this is an interesting fact to me when I looked at it. um Wheeling is only 30 minutes from me so Jalico, uh and actually Konami also at that time Konami was based uh in Lake Bluff here in Illinois so I kind of didn't realize that I uh the Konami one I didn't know but the Jalico I did not know that was close in my area um I, and I was kind of shocked to find that out I'm like wow there was really only half an hour away from me um with the drive, I should say, uh, but that that was kind of cool um, that uh, they was in like our area. Those two big companies were in our area. Uh, Jalico USA left the arcade in 1993, and on November 1st, 2000, they were acquired by a Hong Kong company PCWW. Um, in October 2002, Jalico Entertainment was formed and moved to Buffalo, New York. So they left. Will they closed the Willing? illinois offices and moved out to new york um the u.s division been out of business since 2008 Uh, between 2014 and 2015 it declared bankruptcy it became inactive so that's kind of why we don't see no more of their games here um being released um and close to 1996 97 98 um i think that's when the decline of arcade games were starting to happen but um jaleco did make some super nintendo games still so they were kind of, still kind of revenant um and i'm surprised that they got out of the arcade business in 1993 um because you uh, around that time that's when uh games were just still good and arcades were still relevant to go to i remember um you know going to the arcade for Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and playing SNK games and Capcom and Konami, you know, being a big boom. So there were still like uh, Tato, Tato games. They were still big games and even weird Japanese games that were still being released. It's to see that Jellicoe wasn't uh, got out the business because probably because of they were, you know, them changing hands. And I think that's that was one of the problems why they didn't really stick around as a company um, because they were. Um, if you look at more into the history of them they really got passed around um, like the, so many businesses kept uh, switching and buying them out um, and, and, and it's kind of weird that a company as Jalico, who were popular in the uh, NES days and uh, in the Arcade that you know they would have this kind of downfall uh, and this is kind of showing you that uh, the business in Japan is different than the business in America because you really don't know what's going on in Japan with how they handle their business decisions compared to how it's handled, handled here in America. Angelico, for, uh, I must say, they develop and publish games. So, a lot of their games only came from Japan. Um, and when they published some of them, uh, which is arcade games, um uh, they had another person, another team develop them or another developer would come to Genica and be like, would you guys be able to release this? Um, Uh, one of the games, Basis Loaded, the uh, NES version that was developed by Tose, and they did, actually, um, all the first four games for the Nintendo that was developed by Tose, but Jellico published them, where Jellico actually developed and published the arcade version of Basis Loaded. Um, And it shows that they kind of worked a lot with Tose for some of their games. Um, They worked with Ocean, they worked with... uh, Argonaut Games, Game Titan, uh, Sculpture Software, like, it, they had a lot of people, even Hudson Sauce, they, uh, they work with, and a lot of those companies developed most of, probably, their NES games and some of their arcade games, but uh, for, uh, for a lot of their arcade games, um, the, uh, Jalico did their own. And it's kind of weird when you say Jellicoe because the, the name alone like literally sounds like a Ninja Gaiden boss. If you say it. if you actually think about it, and you look at it, it'd be like, man, Jellicoe could have been a boss in like Ninja Gaiden for like the arcade or uh, Nintendo. Like it, just just thinking about that is kind of weird. Um, I will say this, though. Um, the thing about Jellicoe. Um, the, was that even though they were known for different uh, kind of their games, um, they didn't really stand out compared to uh, Konami and Capcom and Nintendo and even Sega, uh, because because some of their games are just not memorable and some of the music of their games were not memorable. Like you really can't like besides bases Loaded* and um, *City Connection*, you really cannot go back and be like, really what did Jellico make that really stands out? And that kinda of probably became the thing, uh, for Jellico. It's just like even though they make great games and a wacky some uh wacky games they just don't have memorable titles. And if you're a company don't that doesn't have memorable memorable titles, whether it's in the music or whether it's the game game franchise itself, that becomes a problem. Yes, Basis Loaded was another baseball game compared to Nintendo baseball, but what else did we have yeah we had rbi baseball which i'm thinking that that one actually allowed you to fight um i had to research which baseball game for the nintendo when you hit the player they'll come out at you You guys were able to fight i have to check that one out um that one actually got uh that um got taken out of video games it kind of got banned because they thought it would invite i um invite um violence for kids to see so um, i still got to research that and i will let you guys know uh, city connection was kind of known more uh definitely for me was known more for its nes game than the arcade game i didn't see city connection that much in the arcade but i did play a lot of it in um on in the 80s on the super on not, not super Nintendo, on the nintendo so um when we come back we're going to be talking about some of their known games in the u.s And with that, I'll be right back. So, some of their games that they're known for um like I guess uh, talked about earlier was basis loaded and city connection, so we're gonna actually start out with basis loaded. Um, basis Loaded, known in Japan as uh, Moro Pro Yaku, um, which translates to Burn Pro Baseball, is a baseball video game by Genico that was that was originally released in Japan for the arcades. A version for the Nintendo Entertainment System was released in 1987 in Japan and 1988 in North America. And the Game Boy port was released on July of 1990. A mobile phone version exists as well. For the Virtual Console, basis Loaded was released on April 7th to the in Japan and on April 12, 2008 in North America for the Wii. At the cost of 500 Wii points and on May 15, 2013 in Japan and on July 10, 2014 in North America for Nintendo 3DS. The Wii U version in North America, which later released in Japan on October 22, 2014, was also released at the same time as the Nintendo 3DS version. A port by Mibius and Clarice Games for the PlayStation 4 has been announced for Q4 2015 release in Japan, and I and there's like a little bit more history about it. Uh, talking about the game when the uh, for, uh, first installment of the Basis Loaded series, um, that there's seven sequels across three generations of consoles. Um, there's uh, there's four on the Nintendo, um, I believe one for the Game Boy, and then I believe two for no three four. Um, the Super Nintendo and then the final entry to the series was Basis Loader 96 double um that was released for the Sega Saturn and Playstation um, Basis Loader is also known in the f- know, is also the first in the series of 8 sports Famicom games known in Japan as Moro The series is all generic sports games. Three of the games were localized in the Western markets as Business Loaded loaded 2, Second Season, and Business Loaded 3, while the basketball games was localized as hoops. The tennis game as Wrecking Attack and the soccer game as Go. Two titles went unreleased in North America and in the PAL regions. And hoops, I remember, was a baseball game that I also... Not baseball game, I'm sorry. Basketball game that I also played over the summer. And it kind of featured like um different race race ethnics for players and i think it was like two on two that you played with um and you had a three-pointer uh you had a half court um and i played some the music i believe a few couple of episodes ago um and so you guys could check that out uh if not listen to the music of Hoop hoops it's still good i don't remember record attack and i don't remember Go, but um I'm kinda interested into those two seeing them. Um, it was uh the designers of this game was Nobuzaku Odo, uh, the programmers was Tetsuji Tanaka, uh composer Kuji Murata, Akihito Hayashi. This and this is all the NES version. Um and uh like I said earlier, all those dates that came out um and it kind of follows 12 teams um of either single game or a full season um so for the single player there was two uh there was a two-player option uh and then for the full season um you will uh, you would just go through all 12 teams and the way that the game looks is that uh, instead of baseball for the nintendo um Bases loaded had you as the player at the top screen and as the pitcher at the bottom and you were ha- when they throw the ball you had of course had to uh hit it um and the teams in the game were uh boston d c hawaii jersey kansas l a miami new york uh omaha philly texas and utah um and those were the games that you um uh, those are the teams that you actually chose and got to uh play with. Um, there's some more information about it on Wikipedia, so you guys can check that out. But, um, Basis Low, I did play the first one. I didn't play the Super Nintendo ones, uh, and I didn't play two to, uh, two to four. Um, I just played the first one, um, enjoyed it, but I was so hooked onto, um, platforming games at that time, and I kind of, kind of like shoot them up, and mostly like Konami uh, Tecmo and Capcom like I didn't really play much into the sports game genre Uh, even like Mike Tyson was okay was good I had fun with that but I kind of didn't stick with the sports games kind of until almost the Sega Genesis where my brother was buying a lot of sports games and I was playing those Um, but you know with that I I didn't really stick with the series but it's still fun it's still play good to play um, our next one is city connection and this one i i it's kind of weird on how it was designed um, city connection also known as Shiti Kanakusha, uh is a uh, came out in 1985 for the arcade. Uh, and uh, published by KidCorp as Cruising outside of J- Japan, um, but it came definitely to America as City Connection because I played the game on NES of course. Um, the game supports up to two players. Um, it is a platform game in which the player controls a car that can never be stopped. It can only 180 degree handbrake turn or jump. normal jump or high jump. The object of the game is to drive through a series of cities avoiding obstacles and pl- uh, painting every part of the roads. City Connection was remarkable for its time as each location had its own background in music, which was a variation of the main theme of the game. There are 12 locations, Manhattan, the Grand Canyon, Easter Island, Paris, uh, 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 Nushka-Wastan Castle, London, Sydney, Egyptian temples, and cities of India, Holland, China, and Japan. Uh, The main character in the game is a female driver, Clarice, a blue-haired girl which only appears at the end of the stage of uh, Honda City. Uh, the North American version features a male driver on a tour of all the sites and roads across the world. To prove that she has visited a particular location, she must drive around the location, painting every section of the road white. However, the police, who have no tolerance for vandalism, attempt to stop the driver from um, completing her goal. The player's car can jump and fire cans of oil. And usually you you, you you have to collect the oil uh, in order to uh, hit them um, The road changes colors when the car Drives over them, indicating that The specific road has been painted There are three main obstacles Police, cats, and spikes The police chase after the car And if a police car comes into contact with the main character's car The car explodes by turning into A group of hearts, and the player loses A life. To combat this The player can obtain cancelled oil Which can be used to cause the police cars To spin out of control, allowing the player To butt them off, off the screen other enemies include a cat which when hit causes the player to lose an extra life as the cat goes diagonally off the screen but does not but does not cause the car to explode while with players of a comical music their florers known as niko Fun hata or Jata I stepped on the cat in Japan there uh, there is also spikes which make the car explode on contact um Occasionally, a balloon may float by during any given stage if the car touches one of these balloons. It, uh, it collects it, and collecting three such balloons will activate a warp that sends the car multiple stages ahead and provides significant, uh, significant bonus points. Although the city you travel to will change, the particular pattern of the road will remain the same. As the number of cities you travel to loop endlessly, the game is not shortened by taking a warp. One particular thing about the game is the catchy tune that plays in the background as you enter a new city. Although it uses ethnic variations according to the destinations, it's an adaptation of a famous classic piece, Allegro non Troppo el, no el Moto Maestro from uh, uh Tavaski uh Piano Concerto number no. one. I probably said that wrong so I do apologize. The music from the London stage is based on the deep purple song Highway Star. And, uh, this game, uh, was developed by Amuse, uh, and, but they were published by Jalico, and Jalico did, uh, like I said, did do the arcade version also, so, um, they probably kind of helped, uh, with some other things too, uh, it was released in 1985, um, the cabinet was upright with a cocktail and then they get some other uh, talks about it, um, about the processing powers and things like that. Um, they don't show who actually was the director of it, but, um, I remember City Connection and trying to play that game um, and trying to beat it. And still to this very day, I cannot get far in that game. It was such fun, though, and I do enjoy it. And just seeing how the jump mechanics are in this game and uh, the turning stuff, you really had to know your control. You really had to. Uh, time everything just right because if you didn't time and you turn it those cars were going to hit you and you were going to explode Um, the next game that I want to talk about uh, is Brawl Brothers now um, this is actually part two of a game called Rival Turf and Rival Turf uh, actually started uh, uh, two characters in this game Um, and this is when um uh, with rival turf. This is actually a case to Super Nintendo first. Um uh, like where all three games came out to Super Nintendo. Um, in Japan it was known as Russian Beat. Um, but this is a, a beat 'em up. And if you look at the cover of Rival Turf and the actual characters that are in the game they really do not match uh compared to uh final fight or even streets of rage like if you look at the box art it's just like wow do you think that it's about two young guys beating people up and uh to save a girl and it's not really that um on the cover you see one white guy with a this red jacket and another guy who looks latino with a uh dark black jacket um but when you get into the game your main character who's supposed to be cody he has this all full blue uh outfit um uh, and the other guy who's supposed to be Hagger have on this uh have on this weird red sailor looking outfit <laughs> um and it looks completely ridiculous um, from it. Uh, when you look at it, you'd be like, that looks like, uh, um, the letter guy and the people who did YNCA and I cannot think of it. um, it, it, it's weird you just you definitely have to see it um the and the plot for uh rival turf before i get it back into brawl brothers uh it's jack flax uh which is the guy in the blue girlfriend heather has been kidnapped by big al and his gang the street kings he enlists the help of his friend police officer oswald uzi nelson to rescue his girlfriend and rid the city from the ranks of the street kings once and for all they start out by heaping to the sports stadium to find out more information and locate Big Al's hideout. Um, and, and Rival Turf was so, it, it was a C-grade kind of, uh, platform game. And the way that it looks is, it is, is uh, utterly just crazy. Um. I I mean, me and my friend, we actually, the village people, I'm sorry, uh, couldn't think about it, uh, the village people, the game, it looks so basic, and, uh, but it was kind of fun, uh, to play, um, Brawl Brothers, uh, um, kind of had more development to it, so it actually had like four players that you could pick from, um, no, actually five characters, I'm sorry about that, uh, five characters, um, that you could, uh, choose from, um, and the thing about uh brawl brothers uh being different from brother turf is that part of um brawl brothers like the first stage you get into a sewer and you got to find out the correct way to get through that sewer and that's the only level that does that the rest of the um level design in the game is just regular side scrolling beat them up so uh That game, I mean, Brown Brothers is uh, you could pretty much you can play it on us uh the Wii. Uh, it did come available for retro console, and it is on. Uh, where you also, if you guys want to check that out, um, but I would say this, if you're going to play ball brothers, um, uh, definitely look up a video of it first before you make that purchase and see how that first, uh, super level design is, uh, cause you could be in that part for hours and, or for minutes and just be like, when is this going to end? Cause they kind of don't give you no direction on where it actually goes, um and definitely for me uh I, I can't that was something definitely new as uh that was definitely something new for um a beat em up to have multiple paths within the level uh that gives you no kind of direction so um do check that out if you're very interested um the next one is carrier which is actually came out for the dreamcast um uh There was uh, supposed to be a sequel for the PlayStation 2, but that ended up getting canceled. And um, it's a survival horror game, uh, notably in part of being a fully 3D, uh, where uh, mostly display 3D characters over pre rendered backgrounds. Um, and Carrier, players assume the separate roles of an investigation team that was split up from a surprise attack. And and you got to look at the title uh, look at the cover um and look at the tag it says if you can hear it you're already dead um it published in, uh by Jalico and the Europe uh Zcat interactive um here in America uh it was published and developed by Jalico um like i said it came out in January 31st 2000 um for the dreamcast um, and that's the only system that it actually came out of. it came out of nowhere else. Um it it was a really, really bad game. Um one of those kind of cheap games, but uh and carrier the uh it involves um this when you watch the video of it on uh youtube you will still get the uh quote where you gotta go upstairs to the main line or something and like saying it the guy just keeps saying that and it's such a weird game um i remember seeing it uh uh seen it at stores but i didn't pick it up because i was playing soul caliber i was playing street fighter 3 uh third strike um there was just other great games uh for the dreamcast that i played and i already had like resident evil resident evil 2 Um, silent hill didn't really do it for me but the resident evil games was just like my strong suit for survival horror games and that's when the time survival horror really came out it was just so many of them um, but Carrier was one of the titles that uh, they produced for the Dreamcast. Um, my next game is Tough Enough, uh, which is actually um, it, uh, for Super Nintendo or Super Famicom. Um, it's called Dead Dance. But for Super Nintendo, um, it's called Tough Enough. Um, it was a 1993 fighting game uh, developed and released by Jalico, And I really do not remember this game. Um The plot of the story is the uh, the story is set in a post-apocalyptic Earth in the year A.D. 2151. To the inhabitants of Earth, it seems like the only chance for a decent life is to fight in a survival of the fittest scenario. A man named Jado finds a powerful blue fighting armor and calls himself the Fighting King. With it, he quickly gains control of the world. Using his newfound power, he erects a tower with six guards. Many try to take Jado's power away, but they die in their attempt. Some weeks after the building of the tower, a tournament is held all over the world to see who is the strongest. Of the many fighters, only four people are chosen. Now they need to fight each other to see who is going to going in the tower the plot dialogues of the story mode and the final epilogues were excluded from the north american and european versions so if you really want to see the fullness of this game you gotta watch the japanese uh, version um it was released in north america in september 1993 uh, the director was yukai arai on uh, the programmers was uh, Natiga, uh Kenichi Kase, um, the artist, Mr. Kamikaze, Mr. Hasagawa uh, Nubuyuki Kuromocha. Um The writers for it was Kuji Um There might have been another person, but they probably excluded him or her. Um, the composers, Yasuhiku Takashiba Takeshi- and Suguru Ishidia. Um, this game, like I said, I do not remember seeing it. Um, I was taking a look at the game, um, and the four player characters, uh, that you are able to pick is, uh, Shio, uh, Zazi, Katono, uh, and Vorts. Uh, and just looking at them, it's like three guys and one girl, and, uh, with this game that they have their energy on the side, uh, of it, so you don't really get the normal, uh, energy. Um, energy bar at the top. Everything was just definitely on the side. And um, you get a timer points. Uh, and after you, I guess, after you beat the first three players, once you start going to the tower, you start fighting other characters that you weren't able to choose from in the story mode. Um, it's a weird game um it's a basic fighting game it it looks okay but it but it's Jalico. um so it, it don't look technically that impressive compared to having something like mortal kombat uh street fighter 2 and even the turbo versions and even uh teenage Mutant ninja turtles uh uh their uh, tournament fighters like looking at their games um uh, just to give an honorable mention, though, th- I did want to mention the ignition factor was was kind of like called firefighter, and it was a top-down screen game that you had to stop fires with uh, water. Um, you could look that up and whump them. Uh, it um, it came out for the Wii. I don't know if it's on Wii U. Um, it was about a Native America american uh and it's kind of they said it's a metroidvania style game so if you're interested in that um it did come out for the nes i know it is on Wii, so on the virtual console for Wii. so if it's still available and you're able to get it i say download it and give it a play um so when we come back uh when i come back i'm sorry about that i keep saying we (laughs) even though i'm the only host on here at the moment um when I come back, uh, we're going to be talking about some weird arcade games. Um, and these arcade games I know really nothing about because I they're really in Japan and I did not play them here in America if anyone brought them over. But they were very interesting to see. So when we come back, uh, or when I come back, uh, we will talk about these weird arcade games that was developed and published by Jalico. when I return. Um, dive into some of their um weird arcade games and the reason why i call them weird is because um there's something that i have never seen and when i took a look at them i'm just like that's kind of odd uh, a game like this but um i understand it is acceptable more in japan than it would be here in america um and starting with the first one, it's called Legend of Makai. Um, the box office—you have got to look at the cover. Well, not box office, more of the arcade uh, cabinet on <laughs> the way that it looks. the <laughs> The art style is is wow, wow, wow. Um, the game came out in 1988, and it was produced by, um, like I said, and manufactured by Jalico. Um, the Legend of Makai is an uh, action-adventure platformer based in a fantasy setting. The player controls a young warrior whose quest is to rescue a princess from an evil wizard. The warrior starts off with only a sword, but can purchase other weapons and magical items from shops. The gameplay consists of finding one's way through non-linear levels, using keys to open doors and avoiding or and killing and or avoiding various enemies. The player has a fixed amount of time to complete each level. So, kind of almost think like act raids or something like that um it, it it's it, the, the just looking at the uh, the artwork of this game compared to the graphics um it is wow wow um the other two players uh alternate turns and what that means is that one person would go first and then if that person dies um the next player would go after him um the cpu was motorola uh sixty eight thousand um the sound was zilog seven eighty yamaha ym two two oh three um yeah it's, it's 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 a weird game uh but do check it out um just wow legend of makai and that's m-a-k a i in case of you want to see it um the Japanese name for it is makai densetsu so um it's something that you could really just take a look at um, the next game is called Valtrick, um, and it's a vertically scrolling shoot-em-up arcade game released in 1986 by Jellico. Um, the game gameplay of the game is um, the player controls a hovering land vehicle in eight directions and is able to shoot in the direction the vehicle faces. Obstacles block the path of the vehicle and progress through an area is made by the player moving the vehicle upwards, scrolling the screen downwards sorry about that bombs can be dropped directly above the vehicle similar to xevious uh, the player can pick up power ups that enhance weapons as well as attach options to the vehicle Drones, similar to those of Gradius, the options fire in a direction depending on where they are attached to the main vehicle the player can avoid danger by jumping the game is divided into four different areas followed by the same four areas in more child team versions Enemies consists of infinitely responding smaller moving enemies, stationary cannons, and large boss enemies and enemy bases. And this game was, uh, developed and published by Jellico once again. Um, uh, the display was raster 256 by 224. four. I'm not much information, uh, but the way that it, the cover looks, you would think that it would be a vertical game that is, uh, that is like a complete, like 1942, that it automatically scrolls upward vertically. Um, but it's more of a Kairi Warriors if you look at it. Um, but it's very interesting. You can look it up on uh, YouTube. Um, and I do recommend taking a look if that's your known uh, uh, cup of tea. Uh, the next game is called Rodland, um, known in Japan as Yusei Monogatara Rodland. Uh, Rotland, a fairy tale. Um, it's a 1990s arcade game originally developed and published by Janico. Um, And it kind of, on the cover, it it's, it's very cute. Uh, rainbow colors and stuff. Um, you see a girl, uh, actually two girls, two players. Uh, one has pink hair, one has blue hair. Um, the play, players control one of two fairies called Tam and Rit armed with a magical wand, which is the rock. Following the concept of Tato's bubble bubble, the rod doesn't kill the enemies directly but only leaves them immobilized, crying. To kill them, the rod can grasp them in a magical force field and the player can smash them down over her head until they disappear and leave a power up behind. Each level is only one small screen composed of monsters, platforms, ladders, and later tunnels. Unlike other games of the genre, the players can never jump, but have to use ladders. They can conjure one custom ladder above or below them in order to go to their appropriate platform. There can only be one such custom ladder, therefore, if the fairy summons it again, it will disappear from its previous position in order to appear again next to the fairy. This can be beneficial for the player if a monster is climbing that ladder to approach her. The fairy's quest is to rescue their mother, trapped in a tower. In the sequel, part of the original arcade machine, they must venture into a pyramid to stop the uh, evil force that is uh, building a mobile fortress. The spirit of that, the spirit of their departed father guides them at a couple of points. The ending implies that the evil in the pyramid was somehow responsible for their father's death. Um, this uh, this did come out to Game Boy, NES, uh, ZX Spectrum, iOS, Commodore sixty four, Amstrad CPC, Atari ST, uh, Amiga, and R K. Um, and I haven't seen it on any of the other systems i don't remember it on the nes either um the release date was uh, april 1990 port some releases later um and then like i said it was a single player game and the genre is platform action um if you take a look at it the artwork for it i see where it says storm um which must uh which must be uh definitely they must have developed it for uh um for the nintendo i'm looking at the nintendo uh box cover it looks very different than the japanese uh um it says mega system so it must be an art the arcade one um uh, definitely took a take a look at it um, if you're very interested, I do love me some Bubble Bobble, and I looked, was looking at this game, and it's very cutesy. Um, it really looks more as like a Taito game than a Jellico game um, because of the artwork and some of the sound effects and even the music. I'm like, this doesn't look like a Jellico game. It looks very much like a Taito game, um, but it's a pretty really cool game. I definitely recommend you checking that out, looking at it on uh, YouTube um uh, the next game now it might be a name uh so um do bear with me it's called ninja jaja maru um ninja jaja maru is an action game released in japan on november 15 1985 by Jalico for the Famicom in 1986 for the mxx um they i it is an arcade game but um just reading a little bit of some of the background that it did come out for um, the Famicom and the consoles and stuff. But it did start out as uh, an arcade game. Uh, the story of the game is the, uh, the game stars the brother of Ninja Khan from Nichikid, Kid. Uh, Princess Sakura has been kidnapped by Damazu Daryu. And because Ninja Khan is away on a journey, the task falls to younger Jaja Maru Khan. Um, in the game, the player starts with three lives and can only run, jump, and throw shurukens. The game is divided into stages, each with four floors and eight enemies. Sukuru Han and Damazu are placed Unreachable at the top of the screen. Enemies use various projectiles, one of which will cause the player to lose a life. If Jaja Marukan lands on top of an enemy, it will simply be temporarily stunned and vice versa. Once the enemy is defeated and off screen, a spirit will appear and ascend to the top of the screen. It can be collected before it has to disappear to receive points, which vary depending on the enemy. Sakura will sometimes drop petals that the player can collect, and Damazu will sometimes run around, dropping bombs. To advance to the next stage, the player must defeat all 8 enemies by using Shibukes, some brick yields items. They include a cart that temporarily makes Maru Jajamaru, uh, khan invincible and faster, projectiles that enemies will also be destroyed if touched, a bottle of sus- uh, substance that makes Jajamaru temporarily invisible and able to walk through enemies. A red ball that increases speed, bonds, which must be avoided, coins that yield various amounts of points, and an extra life. If all three types of power ups are collected, Gamma Khan, a giant frog, will be summoned, which is completely invincible and able to eat all enemies. If three of Sakura's pedals are collected, the player will go to a bonus stage in which Jaja Marukan is on the bottom and Damazu at the top. Damazu drops bombs and the player throws shirukens Shuriken, upward. If the player manages to hit Dama, uh, Damazu, bonus points are awarded. If Jaja Marukan is hit by a bomb, he goes on to the next stage and so it's very a uh, kind of a point based game um two players are alternating uh, between each other um it is on wii u um uh, only in Japan though, um, that which came out June nineteenth, two thousand and thirteen. But it's on the virtual console for Wii, um, that which came out October twenty second, two thousand and seven. So if you're into that, want to look at it, uh, do take a look at it. Um, like I said, the series is from Ninja um, uh the, the developers is Toze, um, but Jalico, like I said, did do the arcade version for it. Um, uh, do check it out. It's very point-based, A uh, very, uh, big point-based game. Uh, and I think you probably will enjoy it. It looks really nice. Um, it looks more than your average, um, screen kind of game uh like if you play Mario Brothers for the Atari that or even Popeye like that that kind of style of games that one sc- uh, screen platform games it looks something like that but it is more to it um so I may have to actually pull out my Wii um and if it's available download it and give it a try. Uh, the next game is Mama 120% um uh, and if you look at it uh at the cover is a very anime style game. Um, Momoko 120% better known as Momoko Hayakanju Uh, is a 1986 arcade game by Jalico, released only in Japan. The game was originally intended to be a a Uesi Yasura game, but for unknown reasons, the license was not attained for the arcade version. While the characters were changed, Loom's love song, the first opening thing of the TV series, still loops throughout the game. However, the family computer port retained the license and was titled Uesi Yasura Loom's Wedding Bell. Um... The, uh, this platform game features Mumbako, a young Japanese girl who ages by several years each time the player reaches the next level. The goal for each level is to quickly climb several floors by escalator, ladder, or trampoline in the building she is in before the fire that is below her reaches her. These level sevens start out from grade school settings to office type buildings. While jumping over obstacles, she must shoot various alien-like enemies that come after her on each floor. She can upgrade her weapon by the destroying certain enemies as well as entering special hidden doorways which feature mini games which require you to jump obstacles. These doorways can also be used as a shortcut and sometimes they are mandatory to be used in order to climb to the next floor. When Momoko reaches the top floor of a level, she must jump onto a small blimp flying above her to beat the level. Momoko begins as a 4 year old and ages through 5 levels. The final level is a bonus chance in which she is a 20 year old bride collecting items the game concludes with her getting married thus giving birth to a new momoko and starting the cycle crew uh the cycle anew so it continues one of those games that once you beat the final level um it just repeats um until you uh lose all your lives and that's it um I did see a uh, a little bit of a playthrough from it. It 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 looks kind of fun. Um, the the music might get on your nerves, but um, it looks kind of fun to uh, to uh, play. Uh, moving on to our next game, uh, Gaten Goku, uh. Or better known as, um, let me check my notes, I'm sorry. The Game Paradise Masters of Shooting. It's a it's a, um shoot 'em up game. Um, the par- game is a parody for arcade shooters in a vein similar to the par- Parodius series. It was followed up with a sequel, gum Bear, Game to Goku 2. Um, Game Tengoku, or I'm just going to say Game Paradise for this, um, stands out quite notably from other arcade shooters in that its sole plot revolves around being inside several arcade games, effectively breaking the fourth wall several times. According to the official OVA surrounding the video game, the plot revolves around an employee at an arcade store about to close shop. Only for a nearly naked man to come in and attempt to abduct her. She is saved by a little girl of uh, Momoko's 120% fame. So she's in, in, in the game. who jumps out of one of the arcade cabinets and takes her into the arcade world. From there, the adventure begins on trying to stop the evil villain from taking over all of the arcade cabinets in the world. Uh... That's the arcade version. Like I said, it is. It looks very parodious. I was looking at the uh video of it, and I kind of was laughing to be like, um, it's more vertical shooting than it is uh horizontal. So everything is uh just going straight up. And it doesn't look like it's automatic shooting. Um, it just looks like you, when you walk up and stuff, you could just hit. Uh, I think parts of it is uh, automatic. Um, I have to go back and take a look at it again because there was just different parts of it I was checking out. Um, but it was like when she got too uh, closer to the bosses, that's when it starts scrolling. Um oh it actually is a squirreling shooter. I'm sorry about that everybody. Um it is a vertical uh squalling thing, uh nothing game that you could play. Um there is a Sega Saturn port of the game, um, that also has some changes from the arcade version of it. Um it only that like, it's only for arcade and Saturn and never came out of uh, japan for any other system um for the uh, besides the salary in 1996 it came out here that's what it's showing um but it doesn't give me a month that it came out it just says 1996 so if you're if you got a second Saturn, you know how this game look uh i do recommend uh probably letting me know about it and i'll give you more information about that later on um But before I get into that, I'm going to take one more break and then we're going to finish with our last two uh, games. And then we're going to just talk about uh, a little bit more about Jellicoe. And I will be right back. So our last two arcade games is called Big Run, uh, but better known as Jalico Rally, and it looks like an outrun game. Um, Let me give you some information about that real quick. Because I was looking at it, and I was just like, oh, this game kind of looks real cool. Um, It is a 3D rally racing arcade game released uh, in 1989. The game is the first to be set in the famous uh, Paris uh, Dacre Rally Ray, which the player drives a Porsche 959, resembling that of the 1986 winner. Opponents in the game seem to resemble the Pugat uh, the pigot uh, 205 t16 which went on uh, to win in the 1987 paris uh, dakar rally with mitsubishi pejoras also appears occasionally uh, there are two games in the series big run the supreme 4wd challenge um, 11e rally which is 1989 and big run the supreme 4wd challenge 13e rally 1991 for Super Famicom. The game was also ported to the Amiga and Atari ST and also known as uh, Jaleco Rally, um, the way that it looks at it. And then it talks a little bit more about the Super, uh, Super Famicom version. Um, this game, uh, like I said, it, it really looks nice uh, uh, by the way that it looks. Um, you, uh, Like I said, you really think of OutRun when... Uh, when it's in motion um and the weird thing about it is that i don't think it has any split paths like outrun does but um the design of it uh the animation the graphics look really good for a game and definitely in 1989 it look it looks really really good Ooh, sorry about that um and the next the final game uh Bootsa. Um, it's known also as Mr. Pig and pig and the bombers. Um, it's a 1987 arcade game developed by MAK Angelico. Um, The summary of this game, and I looked at it and I had to add this because I think this game is so funny. Uh, The player controls a pig, and the aim of the game is to blow up other pigs by throwing bombs at them. The bombs are randomly spawned across the map and can be picked up and thrown at the other pigs. The bombs are given a number between 5 and 30, where when the bomb is thrown, it takes that number of seconds to explode. Bombs which directly hit pigs explode on contact. Various power-ups are available throughout the game such as gas that makes all other characters fall asleep. A bonus sub-game involves random pigs popping out of holes and a player must knock them down the hole with their own pig in a similar mode of gameplay to whack-a-mole. The game was released on various home computer systems such as ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, MSX, and Onstrad CPC by US Gold as Psycho Pigs UXB. There were several criticisms criticisms of sexism when an advert of the game showing a semi-naked model holding the video game case was published in some specialized magazines. I'll have to take a look at that and see what the controversy was. But the way that this game looks, you would think more of Bomberman, uh, but without blowing up the bricks, you're really blowing up the pigs, and the pigs are adorable. I will say that the animation for them are kind of cute. But to see this game in motion will make you laugh. I really do enjoy. I really did enjoy it, and I kind of felt bad that it really didn't come to America uh if it did come to america it didn't come to my area uh but seeing it i was just like i really need to find this game um and really really play it because it it just looks completely amazing Uh, probably out of all the games uh boss is one of the games that i would definitely uh want to play um, so why have we forgotten about Jalico? Um, the arcade business declined, you know, it, it went downhill, and you know, Jellicoe actually, like I said earlier in 1993, they got out of the arcade business, so that kind of diminished their popularity amongst gamers. Um, the quality of the games weren't always top notch. I mean, they were good, they were passable, shoot, they're probably better than all of the green light games that's on steam and some of the indie games of now um they are really fun to play um but they weren't at the highest quality um known for like konami and capcom um people didn't care about their games like like for and it may just be me but jaleco their games were like renting games like like there wasn't too much substance to him. Like, you wouldn't go out and spend $50 to buy this game. Now, you might spend, like, $20 or maybe uh, $30, depending on if it was a game that, you know, really didn't have no chance of surviving in America and you just needed something new. Um, you would probably buy something like that. But, like, everybody... That I knew of my friends who had an NES, none of the Jellicoe games were in their library. It was always being like rented, and if you did buy them, you were buying like used copies at rental stores. Uh, that's how I kind of got Hoops. I bought it like at a, a, a rental store for like five dollars because they was getting rid of their NES games, and I just had to stack up. And that was one of the games that I was um that I wanted. Um, many many don't know them outside of Basis loaded and like rival turf. And city connection, like a lot of Jellico games, people didn't know. Um, like, I, like the list that I read for some of the games, I really had to research to see what were they about because some of them I just have not heard. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that I like didn't know hoops or anything, but I talked about hoops before, um, uh, and some of the music I played on the show, um. Uh, but who's wasn't such a big uh a big series like uh like um double dribble uh, you know double dribble stands out more when it comes to basketball games even arch rivals stand out more when it comes to uh basketball games for the n e s um uh, the business their business being changed, they went from video games i think to mobile and then eventually ended up shutting down. And it's kind of sad that that had to happen. Uh, I really do wish um, someone would have brought them and really treated them and kept them in a the video game business. I don't think they would have survived now, uh, which I'm definitely going to be talking about in the next section of should they come back. I um, will really be uh, talking about that. But I think if, you know, if we really supported Jellico and really brought a lot of their games now that I'm thinking about it, I think they would have survived longer. Um, and we probably would have had, still had some great games. Like, like I wanted them to get out of the arcade business if they were going to do it around 1998, instead of doing it in 1993. Cause I think they still had a lot of good games. Um, uh, like really weird Japanese games that they could have brought over here. And we as gamers could couldn't enjoy. Uh, so when I come back, um, I'll talk a little bit about if they should come back. Uh, and it, what, what happened if they did come back? All right. And I'll be right back. so should Jellicoe come back um built his own history and i think anyone who decided to bring their games back like really um trying to make a buck out of them or um try to like bring some of their franchises back into this uh day um uh into this era um it would be really nice and um uh, even though i said they wouldn't survive in this industry now like if they try to make like a triple a game they just i think that one game will put them out of business so i don't think they will survive it but um if they did come back um i think they will only make a sense to be like uh make indie arcade style games like for wii u um for ps uh sorry about that for ps4 xbox one like even 3ds and maybe even the vita and pc like i think they still have enough creativity to get those um probably like fresh new talent like like japanese indie developers um who don't really get recognized for a lot of their games in japan like if they came together and formed like jellico like was able to bring the jellico name back and release those games here in america uh as downloads i think they would be super successful um uh, because i think jellico is a name that that should be recognized it should be a, a, a you know uh, respected and upheld like Konami Capcom and like Tecmo and Taito, uh, like Trade West and stuff like that, Rare, like those those kind of companies, you know, regardless of what we think of them now, they, were, they did help build the NES and arcade uh, of the 80s and 90s. They did have, create their own history and I think they're strong enough with that name to really be able to bring that kind of wackiness and awareness that we kind of miss nowadays in america um and uh i would say this um if they were able to come back uh as their own company um i was thinking about who should pub, like be a, like a publisher like if they ended up working with somebody to publish their games um it, it's kind of weird that i say this uh, but I think if they teamed up with Way4, I think they could bring some games here. Yes, Way4 doesn't uh, bring a lot of uh, their own games here for, like, consoles. They kind of do a lot of smaller games, which is fine. But I think if Way4 had, you know, brought Jalico. Uh, like uh, Jatico made, that got indie developers together, and they just, you know, took over the name. And WayForward was publishing their games here, like doing a US publishing deal here. I think it would be amazing. I think it it, it would just work completely fine. And it'd be just be like two good companies who make really great games. Um, and sometimes don't make the high quality games, but still respected for what they what they do bring here would be to me perfect like to to me would personally be like wonderful i'll just be like i would buy that game because not only a way for it believes in it but it's Jalico, and i love Jalico as a company and i respect their games um like i said i didn't buy many of them um but i do respect them and it's kind of sad to miss them uh to see that they did go up uh, bankrupt, they filed for bankruptcy and just went out of business. Like it really is kind of sad that that happened. But I do like uh, shout outs to the, all those creators and designers and directors who did work at Jalico in the '80s and the '90s. Um, like really, guys, thank you for bringing those games over here. Uh, I wish we really, as U.S. gamers and just gamers around the world, kind of supported them more. Uh, Uh, and yes, I am at fault for not supporting them more, but I was a kid during that time. I think if Jellicoe was out now and they was still making arcade games and console games, I would support them definitely, um, because I would have more money to order in order to support them. But, um, that is the show Um, But before we go Gotta do some plugs As usual Um, This show Optional Opinion You can find At the Anonymous Radio Network Dot com You also Can f- uh, find it On SoundCloud I- iTunes And Google Play uh, Subscribe And rate Um, uh, Check me out for past episodes And see what you guys think You can email the show At Myop2 At <laughs> Sorry Myop2 Comment At Yahoo.com That's m Um, m-y-o-p the number two c-o-m-m-e-n-t at yahoo.com you can find me on facebook under edward varnell and you can follow me on twitter at that retrocode t-h-a-t-r-e-t-r-o-c-o-d-e um i am host of another show or co-host i should say of another podcast called world one one podcast you can find us at soundcloud uh, iTunes, and Google Play. And if you type in optional opinion uh, and you subscribe, you'll get both shows. So you'll get this show and you'll get World 1-1. Um, I cannot wait for you guys to hear our latest episode. Uh, we had such a good time. Uh, so do check that out. Uh I'm also part of the Deluded Geeks Podcast. You can find us at the anomalous radio network dot dot com. Um where you can also find the show, the anomalous radio network dot dot com. Um uh, we just talk games, g- geeky stuff, movies, comics, um, uh, just a whole range of things. Uh we are coming, we do I said not coming on. Uh, we do have some reviews on there for certain movies so do check that out and we hopefully to give you guys more contact in the following weeks um, you also could check out Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce on SoundCloud on iTunes and Google Play check them out uh, Johnny and uh, Deuce those guys are completely awesome I just heard their latest episode um, they post a podcast Tuesdays and Fridays um, and you can follow them on Twitter at h h podcast uh, and you can follow them on facebook under a uh, happy hour with johnny and deuce uh simon's cake uh you can follow in here or there podcast at simon's um, you can follow them at on twitter at simon's cake um do give them do give uh cam uh george and joe a listen great show they do also have a youtube page for let's plays oh happy Albert and johnny deuce also have a youtube page uh for their content so do check them out there also uh the digital nerds advocate and their network guys are continue they're doing a uh a great job. You can find them on Facebook under the DNA community. Um their podcast, like their main podcast, additional nerds, uh Gamercast. Um their their new name is finally uh been revealed and uh hopefully they We'll have a new episode out soon, so do check that out. And they do have a YouTube page, uh, so check out their YouTube page. Um, they do have a store also. If you go onto their website, the Digital Nerd's uh, Advocate on Facebook, if you check that out and um uh, check out their uh, um their page shop page they have a link there so you guys can also check that out and buy some merchandise if you want to support those guys um uh, if there's anything else i'm forgetting i probably uh, will uh be uh let know in the coming weeks i should say um e3 is coming up and um uh, next week uh, even though it's in the middle of the week uh my backlog bash blowout will be starting i cannot wait to be started talking about that um i am not going to be doing a show for next week due to the fact that it is memorial weekend this week um so i am taking the week off and getting the things ready for that following week because e3 is almost upon us and i kind of going to be starting my backlog uh bash um i did write it down um but i'll let you guys know later because i haven't finalized it just yet um but once i really really get it down pat cuz i'm thinking of changing some things i will let people know what the list is um uh, so with that, I am about to leave. Um, the music that you guys, could, uh, that I played for the series that you guys could check out, on uh, New Jabez, Horizon, that's the intro, um, uh, Earth Defense Force, Peacekeeper, which is an arcade, that's by Jalico. um, Brawl Brothers, the, for the Super Nintendo, that was the first stage, um, City Connection, the music that I played from that one was the NES music, uh, Super Bass is Loaded from the Super Nintendo, and this last one, um, it's called uh the strength of time is by i am Setsuna. again coming out by square salt was uh- Square Enix that that's coming out I think for Playstation 4 um, they revealed a trailer and the music in this game is completely beautiful I hit up Johnny Womack from Johnny and Deuce and like, posted the soundtrack and be like we have to buy this game together and we have to play and we have to listen to the music like I'm really geeking out I don't know much about it because I, I think it was kind of my first time hearing about it for some other reason I just did not know about this game but they did announce that it's coming to the west uh i believe in july july or august it's coming soon and i cannot wait for this game to come out the soundtrack is amazingly beautiful truly beautiful so i'm going to be playing one of those tracks so everybody please do be safe this weekend have fun um with your family, friends, have some good cookout. If it rains and, st- and you have to stay inside, play some video games. Um, uh, watch some jollyco videos. Um, about their about their gangs. Um, but this is this was one of the first covering of some of their history. Um. But everybody, be safe, have fun, uh, don't drink and drive. If you do drink, make sure that you got somebody driving you or take a cab or sleep over at somebody's house. Do not take the keys and get on the road. Just just whatever, do whatever you do, be safe. <laughs> that is my thing. And with that, everybody, I am out. Peace.